Novelists. Welcome to The Crux. I'm your host, Tessa King, and I'm joined today by co-host Casey McIntosh. Let's dive right in. Today, we're talking about Todd Orr. He was scouting for elk and encountered a mama grizzly bear and her two cubs. Hey, so real quick, if you love True Survival and you have been enjoying our podcast, please rate and review on iTunes. Uh, It just puts us out there and we would really appreciate it. We hear really great reviews like from my aunt who said, informative and interesting, not my cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that that's the best review. (laughs) But I love it. (laughs) But it's funny. But it was, and that's on Facebook, so it's not official. It's okay. She can diss us. But you cannot. Please rate and review. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Today, we are going to be talking about Todd Orr, a Montana man who grew up in southwestern Montana. Basically, he had the normal Montana lifestyle. He grew up fly fishing, hunting, snowmobiling, essentially playing in the woods. He worked for the Forest Service starting in 1990. In the past 10 years, he's been working as a trail systems engineer, and he also has a side job making knives, which he's been doing for 30 years. I think both of those jobs sound kind of awesome. You said it was a trail systems engineer? Yeah. Is that just like a fancy way of saying trail maintenance? I think so. But still, it's, it's better. it looks better on a resume that way, right? Yeah, it sounds very official. It does. I like it. Yeah, so of course, as an avid hunter, he wanted to get out the first thing in October to scout for elk. So he's out, he has a day off from work, and he was outside of Ennis, Montana, Podunk, Montana. Well, I don't know that we want to call that Podunk. There's definitely more Podunk than that, like Ekalaka. Sure, but relative to like Seattle, sure, okay, Podunk. Got it. Not hating on Ennis, if all of our l- listeners from Ennis who are mad right now. Okay. <laughs> okay, just for the record, we love Ennis. <laughs> I have a shirt on right now that says I love Ennis. <laughs> yeah, so he's outside of Ennis, and he starts into the woods about an hour before daylight. And just a side note, I don't know anything about hunting, so I don't know why you'd be more likely to see the elk you're scouting before daylight, but that's what he was doing. Maybe they're up early in the morning. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like Todd was out there on his own, only car in the lot. Uh, He had his typical gear, a backpack, a pistol, as you do in Montana, and bear spray. He was just going out for the morning, so it's not like he thought he needed anything more. It's still dark, so as he's going through the woods, he's very bear aware. He's making sounds. That's what you're supposed to do when you're out by yourself, even in a group, mm-hmm. it's ideal because animals usually don't want anything to do with you. So they'll stay away if they hear you coming. Well, also, I think you want to make sure that you startle the bear before it startles you. That sounds right. <laughs> so he goes three miles in the trail. He's walking fast because he wants to get up to this ridge line before daylight or right before daylight to see the elk. So probably like what you're saying, they must be up early. Early risers. Yeah. So as he's getting towards the ridgeline, he walks into a clearing. 
And it's at that point he sees at the other side of the clearing, there's a grizzly bear and two cubs. How can he see this? I wonder just because it's so dark in October at what time in the morning? It must've been like seven o'clock. Oh, okay. Not, not too early. It wasn't the butt crack of dawn, but it was, it was early. So they register each other pretty much at the same time. And he said something to alert the bear to his presence, which if you're not from a wooded area, you might think that's crazy, but that's really what you're supposed to do is because it lets the bear know that you're there and that you're non-threatening. It's like letting a dog smell your hand. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's cool. I'm good. But this story is kind of like when you do that and the dog bites your hand. Ugh. The bear immediately turned tail when Todd made a noise and he, the bear ran over the ridge. Towards him. No, away. Oh, okay. Or assumes that the bear went the opposite direction because the bear didn't want anything to do with him. So he waits a minute and then continues in the opposite direction to the east. He says that he only walked about 10 or 15 steps before he heard a sound from over his shoulder. Oh my goodness. No. The bear was back. (sighs) What the bear had done was dropped off the cubs over the ridgeline and come back behind him. Who knew that bears were so smart? Yeah, so protecting the young and coming back. She was about 35 or 40 yards away, is what he said, and headed toward him at a full charge. Horrifying. Did he have his bear spray in his hands? Probably not. Well, he had his pistol, which he said that he was confident in using because he had a background in hunting, obviously. And he didn't go for that at first because of his work with the Forest Service. They're not allowed to use or carry a pistol in the Forest Service because they're not technically law enforcement. So his first reaction was to go for his bear spray. And he didn't fully expect the bear to attack him at this point because bears often bluff. Mm-hmm. They'll come at you to show them, show you, don't mess around with me. And then they'll leave. So he has his bear spray out. He pulls the safety clip. And at this point, he says that she was within 50 feet. So he's saying it's amazing how quick they are. Wow. And he sprays her full in the face. Unfortunately, she just runs right through the cloud of bear spray. No, don't tell me this. I thought that bear spray was like going to keep me safe. Apparently not. I think that this guy is just really unlucky. That bear was just really going fast. That bear was just really pissed off. Uh, the bear is going at like 30 or 40 miles an hour. And at this point, he's sprayed a spray. So he turns away from the bear, throws the spray down, and plants face down and covers the back of his neck with his arms. So, do you know why he did this? Yeah, to protect his brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, that's why he did it with his arms. But the big thing is face down, so you're protecting your your vital organs. So, obviously, you're protecting the back of your neck, so they're not going for your neck. Um, And the other thing is, if you're planted flat, it's harder for the bear to flip you over. Yeah, that's true. To expose your vital organs. Yeah, and your abdominal cavity where there's, you know... Yeah. There's nothing protecting it. Yeah. So basically they're saying that you shouldn't be totally balled up. You should be as flat as you can. So it's harder to flip you over. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they have been saying that for a long time or if it was after this roll into a ball. (laughs) I mean, that, that doesn't make sense, but that seems like the thing that you would want to do instinctively is to just roll up into a ball. But the bear was on top of him immediately or said 
The bear spray didn't stop her, but it definitely had an effect on her. Just made her more mad. I've heard people say, oh, I don't want to use bear spray because it's going to make the bear more mad. Well, what he was saying is that she was having a hard time breathing and was kind of like making oh, odd noises uh, as she's grunting. on top of. Yeah. So she bit him about five or six times in the right arm and shoulder and then was gone. So he has a bunch of puncture wounds, essentially all in the right arm. Uh, it's quiet again. And his first thought is, that's crazy. I just survived a bear attack. So he evaluates his injuries. And he says, you know, I think I've got some puncture wounds. You know, I'm bleeding, but I'm going to make it out of here. You also feel a lot of shock, I'm sure. Yeah. And we'll reiterate this later. But basically, he says that he feels the initial. But after that, it's just adrenaline. Exactly. At that point, he's able to gather all of his things and start back down the trail toward his truck. And he's three miles, once again, away from where he parked. And he's just been bitten five or six times. Before you go on, did he, like, clear the area? Was he like, I know that this bear is gone and I'm good? Because I would want to back out of that place. He did wait a while, but, you know, he was just there and kind of assumed that that was, that was that. enough especially because the bear was grunting and whatnot after getting sprayed so maybe that was his thought like all right the bear i slow the bear down enough well and who gets mauled by a bear twice well you just gave the story away it's this guy this guy gets mauled <laughs> by a bear twice story killer yeah, you love it so he starts walking for a couple minutes down the trail what happened is as he's making the way down the trail, he and the bear intersect in a V-shape. He said that he thinks that he was farther down, so he started down the ridge line, but she comes down behind him, so she doesn't, he doesn't notice her coming down the ridge right away. Well, the thing, too, is that he's not on a trail. He's just out there trailblazing, and so probably your perspective is a little bit different because you don't have a point of reference. I'm not sure if there wasn't a trail or not because in this story, so there's a YouTube interview with him and they keep referencing the trail. Oh, okay. Maybe there is a trail out there. I don't know. I just assume. But, but then like he said earlier, there was a meadow and they came into the meadow. So I don't know. I'm not a hunter. All you NS people, all the NS listeners get on and tell us. Please go out there. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Mark so, the trail. Yeah. We're going to go check it out after this. Okay. Yeah. So they come together kind of at a V and he didn't notice her because he's ahead of her, but there's also a creek on his side, which is noisy. And he hears a snap behind him and turns around and sees that she's charging yet again, full speed at him. Oh my goodness. No. Yeah. There's no warning this time. He didn't have time to grab the bear spray again or his pistol. He just turned towards the bear enough to see her and he didn't have time to plant. Basically he says that she knocked him over onto his face that time. Which is really sudden and unexpected. Yeah. At this point he says this time she was pissed. She was really mad. The first bite this time was in Orr's lower left arm. He could feel the bones crunch sickeningly together. Oh, his, his forearm? Mm-hmm. Yep, his forearm. 
and she ripped two tendons out and tore the muscle up. So basically the bear at this point, before she was biting and causing puncture wounds, but she got way more aggressive at this point where she's biting and tearing, actually trying to cause more damage than just biting. And as she's tearing at his lower left arm, his initial response is to cry out and jerk his arm away in pain. Basically instinct. Yeah. He thinks that the movement and noise triggered a response in the bear. At that point, the bear became even more aggressive with biting. She started picking him up so she would bite him and pick him up and drop him on the ground and was jumping on top of him. Wow, that is super ferocious. Yeah, he was bitten over 20 times. Oh my goodness. On his back, up and down his side. At a certain point, she tears his scalp on the right side of his head above his ear. It's about five inches long. Oh, wow. So he's face down and the blood is trailing down the front of his face and into his eyes. That's terrible. He's trying to stay still and make no more noise, afraid that if he does, she'll keep attacking. And in his head, he keeps thinking, what did I do to deserve this? I can't believe this is happening again. That is awful. Which you would. You would not expect that to happen twice in a day. You would pretty much think that's that's it. And he said, that's when I felt the odds were really going downhill for surviving a second attack. Especially being picked up and dropped so many times and, and bitten. I mean, the bear was so much more aggressive the second time. Yeah, and with a tearing. Because just being bitten five times by a bear initially sounds horrible puncture wounds yeah and I just want to say that I was bit by a small dog this winter when I was running and it was an impressive amount of swelling for a bite that didn't even break through my skin Mm -hmm. so I can't imagine how your body would react to that all yeah all of a sudden she stepped off and was gone just like that he kept his position because he didn't know where she was But after a bit, he becomes nervous that the bear has gone to check on the cubs again and then will come back to see if he's still a threat. Valid. Yeah, totally. He is very afraid of the third attack because, of course, he does not think that he could survive it. So is his hand still attached to his arm at this point? It's just really crushed and his bone's probably sticking out and there's there's like tendon and muscle and whatever. Yes. I'm not trying to start a stereotype of myself where somebody loses a limb every time I tell a story. It did not happen this time. That's pretty ironic. Uh, Third time's a charm. Yeah. Or wipes the blood from his eyes. He's still in his crouched position. He takes a look to the left and to the right to see if the bear is still around. He sees his pistol lying nearby and he dives for it. He immediately takes it out of the holster this time. He kind of cocks the gun and looks around this time making sure that she's not there ready to shoot if she is she's not around so what he does is that he tucks the gun under his bad arm the left one and he holds the bear spray in his right and he makes his way down the trail yet again as he's walking he takes stock of his wounds and he's thinking he's lucky he's not bleeding profusely and gathers that no main arteries have been nicked. He thinks, I don't need immediate first aid. You know, he's thinking, do I need to do a tourniquet? But really, he's, you know, being bit over 20 times. The fact that he's not bleeding out 
is frankly amazing. Well, I'm just thinking about his arm wound because it seems like to think that you don't need first aid when your arm is falling apart in front of your eyes. Oh, well, this guy. He's a tough guy, I guess. Just you wait. We should just call him Rambo from now on. Rambo. (laughs) Rambo or... He... So he doesn't think he has need for immediate first aid, just that he needs to put more distance between himself and the bear. It took him about 45 minutes to get back to his truck. When he gets back to the vehicle, he notices there's another car in the lot. At this point, he's thinking, it's 8 o'clock in the morning during bow season. He's thinking other people are going to be coming out to the trail as well. To be eaten by a bear. Yeah, that's exactly what he's thinking. So he's worried about the other people running into that same bear. And he feels like he needs to write a note for the bulletin board that's out there. That That's... I mean, he does work for the Forest Service, so to be fair, he would be more likely than anyone to be thinking in those terms. Which is smart, but <laughs> remember, he's been bitten 40, or 40 times, 20 times by a bear. He gets into his truck, and he gets a piece of paper out, and he tries to write a note for the board, but his arms are cramping up so bad, and he's bleeding all over the place, and oh he's like, goodness. I guess I can't write a note for the board. So he's like, I guess what I'm going to have to do is just call Fish and Game to close this trail. So it's a trail. It's, it must be a trail. <laughs> Fish and Game can close it. Confirmed trail. Confirmed. <laughs> I'm so glad that we settled that. Yeah, this is a very important debate. I'm going to sleep so much better tonight. Yeah. Not wondering about that. Just going to have to drive out there myself. (laughs) (laughs) There are probably so many trails out near Ennis. Oh, my gosh. I know. We're going to find the one. I don't think I want to go there, actually. Okay, go on. Yeah, so instead of getting into his car or truck and just driving up, he decides to take a video of himself as evidence. So you can look this up on YouTube. I would not recommend it. It kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Does it? Yeah, well, he has this huge wound on the side of his head, and his ear is all swollen up, and he says, I don't know what's going on under my hat. Like, you know, he's been partially scalped. I don't want to know what's going on under his hat either. You know what? I can think of one person that is just going to love to hear you say that, and it's our older brother. (laughs) Trigger hats for life. (laughs) He has the weakest stomach of anyone I've ever known in my life. never mind. I thought you meant that he would keep his hat on if he got scalped. no. I can't really speak to that, but I know that at the mere oh. mention of blood, he would turn green. Well, so. it is gross because then he shows his arm, and you can see the tendons sticking out of the wounds in his arm. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, I just think it's funny that he's like, better take a video for Facebook right now. you got to commemorate it. You know, it's a big deal. Like, how many people get mauled by a bear every day? Not very many. Yeah. How many people are like, hey, look at my brunch. It looks so... <laughs> Looks so good. This orange, I like splayed it out. So it looked super fancy. Yeah. And he said that he wanted to let his friends know that he had a crazier weekend than they did. Exactly. I mean, it's all about validation, Tessa. Yeah. If you don't share it on social media, did you really get mauled by a bear? Did it really happen? No. (laughs) So he concludes his video by saying, bear spray doesn't always work, but it's better than nothing. Be safe out there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. So he drives several miles down the road before he runs into a rancher outside of his home. He stops and tries to roll down the window of his truck to talk to him, but his arms are so cramped up that he can barely get the window down. So he's kind of waving at this guy, and eventually the rancher comes around to talk to him. 
and Orr asked the rancher to call the hospital to let him know that he's coming and that he just got attacked by a bear. So maybe what he should have been doing instead of Facebook posting is calling 911. He didn't need it. I guess he felt like he didn't need it. He didn't want to overutilize resources. No, because at this point, the rancher offers to drive him to the hospital, but Orr says... Hey, I'm already bleeding all over my truck. I don't want to bleed all over your truck, oh too. Oh, my gosh. What a stand-up nice guy. <laughs> He's like, I can handle the drive. It's only like 10 minutes. Just let him know I'm coming. <laughs> hey, ER, I just want you to know. Yeah. I'm self-triaging myself. <laughs> Please don't meet me outside. I'll be fine. Yeah, it's cool. I'll walk in. <laughs> yeah, so his follow-up after talking to the rancher is he calls his girlfriend to ask what she's doing. He talks to her for a few minutes, asks how her morning's going, what she's going to do. And she's like, hey, I'm going to go get coffee with a friend. And then she says, aren't you supposed to be at the top of a mountain? And Orr says, well, I've been attacked by a bear, but don't worry. (laughs) It only happened to me (laughs) twice today. Yeah. He's like, I'm not bleeding or going into shock. But if if you're not busy, will you come bring me a toothbrush and a change of clothes? Are you serious? (laughs) Serious. This is like the nicest person this that ever man. walked the face of the earth. Yeah, he just got attacked by a bear twice, but then asks about his girlfriend before telling her that he's been attacked by a bear twice. Yeah, he doesn't want to overutilize resources. He yeah. wants to warn the public. Yeah, stand-up man. Stand-up man. Okay, so he eventually gets to the hospital in Ennis. He only had one broken arm, his lower left. Uh, he had to go through seven to eight hours of stitches though how many hours of stitches seven to eight that's a very long time yeah and he described it as one doctor on either side of him you know the other thing is that bears and all other animals have tons of bacteria in their mouths as you would know Mm -hmm. and those puncture wounds you have to irrigate and irrigate and irrigate and irrigate and the risk of infection is insanely high so I'm sure that that added to the period of time where they were trying to prep everything, you know? Yeah, yeah it's not just so cut and dry. Mm-hmm. He said that there were at least 26 inches of wounds to stitch. Wow. That's a lot. And then he had to take a trip to Bozeman to see an orthopedic surgeon because there were tendons sticking out of his arm. He said in NS, basically the doctors just shoved the tendons back in his arm and stitched over <laughs> yeah. them. Really, because he... That's what He's you do. bleeding, so it's just to stop the bleeding and yeah. they're I mean, like figure it out later. That's pretty normal. Yeah. That's crazy. So he's mostly healed now with many scars, as you would expect. He can't quite open his left hand fully. And he said that he couldn't do much for about two months, just rehab. By the end of that November, there were just a few more days of hunting season left. So he had to get out to see if he could find an elk. I'm not kidding you. Wow. Did he get his elk? That's all that matters. He didn't say in the story. I'd like to think he did. I would hope so. Yeah. So he went back to the same trail where he was attacked, but this time with a friend. Both were armed with pistols and bear spray. So, So, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you what happened to the bear. Did anyone go after it? Because a lot of times in these cases, right with a violent, they will go after the bear, look for it. They didn't have follow-up on this or any article I saw about him, but that would be interesting to know. Or relocate it sometimes. Yeah, especially with it being a mother grizzly Mm -hmm. bear, because they're not going to want to put down a bear who has two cubs. Cubs, but they might relocate it. Yeah. So what he said about this whole ordeal is that 
I hunt in the woods. I play in the woods. It's my life. There's no way I'm not going back out there. So that pretty much sums it up why he was back out there so soon. It's his whole life to be out there. He's not going to let two bear attacks get him down. Yeah, I've heard similar things from other bear attack survivors. You know a lot of bear attack no, survivors? No, just one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometime we'll interview him. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so he also followed up by saying, I don't resent the bear. I don't hate bears. I still have a respect for them. I've seen a lot of bears in my life, and usually they just go the other way. Well, and I mean, the fact that he didn't shoot it initially really tells you a lot mm-hmm. about his character. And also, I think it's just the thought of preserving nature. Yeah. And that is pretty much in line with his worldview. Yeah. Well, we're going to touch base on that again. Uh, before we do, or just said that he wouldn't do anything differently during the attack. The thing that he did that most experts would advise against is that he had his legs up beneath him. He says, you know, it makes it easier for a bear to flip you if your legs are up. But he was saying that grizzlies are strong, and he's like, if a bear wants to flip you, they're going to flip you. They're very strong, Mm -hmm. especially if they're angry. It's going to happen. And he was saying the big thing for him was protecting his legs so he could walk out of there. He's like, you have so many important arteries in your butt and your legs. Yeah. And he's like, how could I have walked out of that situation if I had been bitten in my legs? Um, I was just wondering if he had maybe um, changed his approach in terms of protecting himself when he goes out. Or is he just bear spray in the right, pistol in the left? Go with a friend. Go with be, a friend. Be aware of your surroundings. We already kind of talked about this, but he said that he could feel the initial bites he said that they were excruciating, excruciating sorry, uh, but the subsequent bites, he didn't feel any pain, just the pressure. So he said that he could feel her crunching into the muscles, into the cartilage with her canines. Wow. And he says, just like you did, that it's because of the adrenaline and the survival mode instinct. And he said, if you're in a situation where you really want to survive, you can tell yourself and you can block out the pain, and you can ride it out. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it's pretty badass. I'm going to put that one in my back pocket for later. <laughs> Hopefully I don't ever need to pull it back out again. If you need to survive, you can survive. <laughs> okay. That pretty much sums up the whole story, but I want to talk about bears. Okay, cool. Yeah. Have you run into many bears, Casey? Um, I think that I've run into fewer bears than you. One time, I was actually in Bear Basin, which is sort of in the neighborhood of where this story took place. And I was working on a trail crew, actually. No way. Way. And we we were cooking ground beef, and it was obviously very fragrant. And it was right in the evening where bears are kind of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, early morning. and Just like the elk. Evening, you know, they're foraging around. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And I look over across Bear Basin, and I saw a big old grizzly bear. And I was like, hmm, I don't think I'm going to be sleeping tonight. (laughs) Is that the whole story? (laughs) Yeah. And I saw it, and I was scared. I was terrified. I I was sleeping in a tent next to this other girl, and we were so freaked out. I think maybe we ended up sharing the tent that night, and we definitely got made fun of by our crew leader, but... You know, yeah, well, 
It's scary. You could get mauled twice. Yeah. In the middle of the night when you're sleeping, that's just the most terrifying thought. I have a problem, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Any noise in the night when you're in a tent, honestly, is like, am I going to die here? When you're in a place that's called Bear Basin and you see a bear as you're eating your beef, (laughs) (laughs) it it doesn't do anything to uh, calm your nerves. Let me just put it that way. Okay. Well, as you know, I used to work as a tour guide in the local national park. Um, I would lead hikers on trails. I would, I would drive tour boats. So I would see bears on the daily. So the stupid thing that we would say to people is if, guys, guys, if we run into a bear, what I need all of you to do is to make a tight circle around your guide so I can phone it in. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. I just want to know if you came up with that by yourself or if that was handed down to you. I just want you to know that you've been to every national park tour ever now, so you don't need to pay money. (laughs) Yeah, don't ever be guided to do anything ever again because Tessa just summed it up for you right there. Yeah, you've had the whole experience. Yeah, so I personally have run into more bears than I can count, and I've never had a problem. I've never been bluff charged. I just want to say that most bears, in my experience, do not care about you. I've been away like by bears where they're 10 feet away from you. And I've only uncapped my bear spray once in my life. And it was a situation where we were huckleberry picking, and we turned around, and there was a bear. I kid you not, 10 feet behind us. (laughs) And it was a grizzly bear. But even that bear didn't care because it was so busy eating that we were able just to leave. So I'm just saying, be aware of bears, but really, they don't want to eat you. (laughs) If they attack you, it's for a reason. So be bear aware, have your bear spray, but you don't have to live your life in fear. Well, and... You know, we, we tend to hear the horrifying stories, but like you said, there's probably a lot of encounters that don't end up that way, but yeah, just being prepared and maybe having two cans of bear spray, you know, certain things like that double holster, double, but Oh, another thing is that you want to have your bear spray basically ready to go. Yes. Yeah. If it's in your backpack, there's no way you're getting that out. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And also as a side note, when I was a tour guide in the national park, I did run into a black bear with three cubs. And it freaked me out. But those bears cubs are probably like the size of a house cat. (laughs) So it's very feasible that, you know, a bear is running her cubs over the ridgeline and coming back for you. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So I I put some tips from this website. It probably is like knowyourbears.com. I'll post it on the Internet. (laughs) Uh, It's a classy name. That's probably not it. But the first thing is to avoid bears. So if there's a posting on a trail about bears, just be Do yourself a favor. Yeah. If the trail's closed, don't go there. Um, Number two, you should already know this from our podcast, is don't go by yourself. Don't be out there in the woods by yourself. Travel in a group. Make noise. They don't want to be around you. If they hear you, they're going to have a wide berth. It's Uh, so tempting to go by yourself. I've done it before. You've done it before. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Yeah, and you don't want to wait for someone to have a day off of work. Yeah, I get it, guys. Uh, if you see a bear, make sure you have the bear spray ready. And assess the situation. Do they have bear cubs? Keep your distance, obviously. And this is a big one because I've seen a lot of people 
walk towards bears because, hey, you know, like when in Rome, I want to take a picture of this bear while I'm on vacation. Dumb. Don't ever feed the bears, obviously. That should be a no-brainer, but I just Mm -hmm. have to say it. Yeah, and if you come face-to-face, talk to the bear in a non-threatening voice uh, and back away slowly. Do not turn your back or run. That's essentially what Todd Orr did is he, you know, let his presence be known. He's like, hey, I'm here. Fortunately, you know, he did all the right things, but it still didn't make a difference. So it's just one of those exceptions to the rule. And this site says, if you're sure the bear's black bear, you can yell at it, make yourself tall, and tell it to leave. Which I just, I feel like that's probably, just don't. Just assume it's a grizzly if you don't know the difference. So your first line of defense is bear spray. If the bear makes physical contact, so if you're unlucky, like Todd Orr, you should play dead. And that's basically putting yourself in a non-threatening position so the bear will go away. And then when the attack stops, remain still and wait for the bear to leave. Do not get up until you're absolutely certain the bear is no longer in the area, even if you have to wait half an hour or longer. Oh my gosh, that would be so hard. Oh yeah. Do you know any differences between black bears and grizzly bears? Well, the, the uh, grizzly bear is the one with the hump. That's the big distinguishing factor. And that's probably the main way you can tell a grizzly bear from a black bear, just because there are a lot of grizzly bears that are also black or brown or black bears that are brown. And it's hard True. to tell. So the hump is the big defining factor. The other thing is a grizzly has a more concave or dished out face. Basically, their nose, they have like a ski jump nose versus Mm. a black bear has more, he said, a Roman nose, Mm. flat. So I guess I'm more like a grizzly bear because I've got a ski jump nose. So you are more aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) You would would think that I wouldn't be based upon that, but. The ski jump nose, that's what what gets you. Sounds so innocent. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, And the black bears usually have larger ears. And smaller claws, but hopefully you're not close enough to see the claws. But from what I understand, you'd rather be at- like attacked by a black bear than a grizzly bear. Grizzly bears are quite a bit stronger and more forceful. Actually, well, true? you don't want to get attacked by either. But they're saying that grizzly bears attack because they feel threatened. Um, they don't want to eat you. But a black bear might eat you. Oh, I didn't know that. So you don't want to be attacked by either. But just black bears aren't typically as aggressive. Uh, So what can we learn from Todd? Because he did all the right things. That the bear spray was his first line of defense. Because I imagine a lot of people are listening and they're like, well, he had a gun. Why didn't he just shoot the bear? And it's because bear spray has been proven to be more effective than a pistol in stopping a charge. That's why his first instinct was to pull the bear spray. Because making an accurate shot on a charging grizzly is really difficult, number one. Uh, at the time of the attack, he didn't feel comfortable exposing his neck or face to reach for his pistol anyway. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an option once he was down on the ground. And he was also thinking, the odds of wounding a bear are too high. He said, had I shot and only wounded the bear, she would have been way more aggressive, which is what I would think. is if you're shooting a bear and you don't kill it, If it's not a kill shot, they're going to be even more pissed off. Yeah, you have to shoot it. It's head, basically, probably. So this outside magazine article said that in 2012, 
a study of 269 bear encounters that they found that bear spray was effective in 98% of those attacks. Oh, wow. With only three injuries occurring to people who had just used the spray. None of them were fatal. So they were saying that Orr's attack just happened to fall into the 2% where the bear spray wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about trying to shoot a vehicle that's driving at you at 30 to 50 miles an hour, that might give you a little perspective as to why having a shotgun is probably not going to do much for you. Mm-hmm. It would, would it even feel the discomfort before it got to you? It's right. such a short matter of time. Yeah, and I, the idea with a bear spray, of course, is that it's in its airway and in its eye, so it can't see you. It's not going to be able to – its senses are damaged. Mm-hmm which is better than pissing it off by shooting it in the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously his body position was good. We already talked about that. Part of that was because he had a backpack too. So that helped cushion the bites. You know, think about when she's picking him up and dropping him and jumping on him. Uh, So they say it's always good to have a backpack and something that's tightly, tightly fitted, like maybe something that straps around your waist and, your front. Yeah. You're just giving me an idea for like a, a bear attack backpack design, Tessa. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> TM. <laughs> bear pack, bear attack pack. Yeah, exactly. It's got a holster for the bear spray. Yeah. Double holster. Double, yeah. It, double holster. Yeah. Yeah. So he of course received massive injuries to his scalp, arms, shoulders, but none to any vital body part. And Outside Magazine says it was a big deal that he didn't panic. They say that even though Orr said that he wasn't in shock, that they think just the fact that his eyes are so dilated in the video that he was in shock and just didn't address it. I but, don't know how you wouldn't be unless you'd yeah. already had that experience 20 times. Right. Which clearly he hadn't. Yeah. So he did all the right things. The only speculation that I have, the only thing that could have been improved upon is that he let his guard down after the first attack. Yeah. He wasn't bear spray ready. He didn't have his pistol out. He just kind of assumed that it was over. And granted, we weren't there, so it's hard to speculate and be like, this is what you should have done. Well, probably most of us would have done the same thing because you want to get out of there as soon, as quickly as possible. Yeah. And who thinks that they're going to be attacked twice by a bear? By the same one. Yeah. Yeah. And so that pretty much sums up Todd Orr, but I wanted to read you some of my favorite comments on his YouTube video. The first one is, I got stung by a bee once, so I can totally relate. (laughs) (laughs) That was the comment. Yeah. Here's here's the second one. I bet the most difficult part of the whole ordeal was dragging his gigantic balls out of the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is what people on the internet have to say. That's rough. (laughs) Yeah, that's all. And and no more commentary. That's the story of Todd Orr. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, you're you're one tough cookie, Todd. Yeah, go buy Todd's knives. Oh, yeah. I don't know what his business is called, but I'm sure a quick Google search would yield results. Yeah, just let us know so I can buy one for my husband for Christmas. Send me one in the mail. (laughs) In a non-threatening way. (laughs) Yeah. Is there a non-threatening way to send someone a knife in the mail when they didn't order it? When you don't know who it's from. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't know my address, guys. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Especially all you people in Ennis. Yeah, Ennis. Shout out to my homies. (laughs) Hope you all stay alive till next week. Have a good week. Yeah, bye. Bye.